0: Welcome back to Fresh Faith. We have two new guests with us today: a mother and a son, Marlene Majeric and Paul Danner. Our story today is about running away from God, God's sovereignty, forgiveness, and redemption.
1: Well, Marlene, it's uh, it's great to have you guys, both of you guys here, Paul Danner and Marlene Majeric.
0: Thank
1: you, mom and son. <laughs> Favorite son. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you being here. I don't know. You're laughing at that pretty hard, Marlene. That's not... Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marlene, I, I, I was saying earlier, I can't, uh, I can't talk to many people at the Bible Chapel before someone says, man, um, Marlene... Okay, what's her last name? Majeric. Yeah, Marlene Majeric. She has made such an impact in my life. Um, she... Uh, I, I, I watched her go through some things, and just amazing... Or many times it's she met with me and she poured into my life and she shared with me, uh, you know, not just all the great things that that have happened, but uh, the challenging things. So, Marlene, let's I, we, we want to uh, tell your story, uh, really God's story, right?
2: Right. God's story. Right. God's
1: story uh, that he has uh, that he has told through you, that he's telling through you. And uh, I want to back up and just talk a little bit about uh, um you're you're uh, you you grow up, uh, you get married, uh, you have a couple kids, and just talk about that part of your story, and and then uh, some of the things that happened during that time.
2: Oh, thank you, Ron. Wow, um, in your prayer you mentioned the sovereignty of God. I think that's what grips me for the whole my whole life of knowing that God is in control and not even understanding so much way back then about how powerful and sovereign and good He is, but. I always, uh, since I trusted him at age 25, he became so real to me. And, and then uh, Paul's dad, Jim Danner, we both came to know Jesus Christ uh, a couple weeks apart. Um, God used a wonderful little church at the time called Library Baptist Church, Pastor John Arnold. So we came to know and love him. And we, we both came from families that loved us. Um, and we, we were not um, raised with being in the Bible, but they were God-fearing, and um, they, they cared about their kids. So I'm grateful for our background. And I will say, though, that coming to know Christ, even as um, we were young marrieds and we were, it totally changed our lives, um, I'll never forget your dad, Paul, saying the, the day he prayed with um, actually actually, someone at Library Baptist Church, Irv Himmel, he came home and said, things are going to be different now.
3: He said, you're second.
2: Yes. Yeah, he <laughs> did. <second>. He said, <laughs> right. He said, Jesus is first. You. No, no. But, but the point is, Paul, <laughs> that, that when Jesus Christ is first, it's just such love yeah. so um such love being in the second position <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that really uh so you guys were married yeah and uh families that loved you, but you haven't trusted in Christ so that had right. to, that had to just that had to be uh life altering it then was when uh, then it happens your marriage your family the whole bit it was
2: it was it it, it was and then you know going to church I mean our first our first Bible study at the little church was Revelations. You know, I mean, like, whoa. You jumped, know, like, <laughs> jumped in the deep end. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I still have your dad's notes in the Bible, like, right, you know. But um, it, was, it was a wonderful journey. Um, we were young marrieds, and we thought we couldn't afford kids. And um, he said, we should trust God about that. Mm-hmm. And boom. <laughs> you know, I have Jim Danner. And then, um, then fourteen months later, Paul Danner showed up, um, and I remember saying, "Oh my word, I'm pregnant again." And uh, Jim said, "Your dad said, Paul, um, well, God has a plan for that little life." Hmm. You know? So hmm. I always remember that, you know. And then,
3: well, didn't we d- determine Dad had cancer? We didn't Even know at, at that the time. point. We, well, didn't know, but, no. we didn't
2: know, but we didn't know until you were one month old. So, you know, we uh it was uh it was um all through his lymph system and he um he uh, he so that was June first. Mm-hmm. Um you were born May four mm-hmm. and we were s- surprised when we checked on some lumps and bumps he had and then the the, the doctor shook his head and um he only lived like um Six months after that. Mm. So, <laughs> so how how old was Jim at this time? Jim was twenty. When uh, oh okay, so Jim Jim would have been when he was diagnosed, he would have been um, fifteen months old. You were one oh, no, month he old.
3: Was twenty months, and I was six. Well, when he died. When he, when he died
2: in died. November of that yeah. year. Mm-hmm. But but that's the first um, person real close to me that passed away as a as a new believer and I was just so blessed by seeing God gives the grace when it's needed mm-hmm. and he was he was beautiful um, we had that's the beginning they didn't have the most wonderful treatments as they do today um, but but they did take good care of him the medical professional tried to keep him out of pain it was very very painful and but he he said um, that he was not afraid to die and he did ask god that if maybe would god allow him every once in a while to look down on his little boys hmm. to see how they're doing well paul later said he hoped he wasn't looking down <laughs> that. that's when they were teenagers because that's hope also you're not looking now, Dad. that's a part of our story of redemption right. but um but god's amazing I, I learned real quick about God's amazing grace and that he gives you grace when you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think, how could I ever go through that? But he gives you grace when you need it.
1: So, Arlene, you're, you're a, uh, a new believer. You're growing. Mm-hmm. God's blessed you with uh, two children young. Right. And then you learn that your husband has cancer.
0: Right.
1: Can you remember some of your feelings about... Oh god what's going on here i trusted you i'm following you we're living for you we're we're like we've given our lives to you and now my husband has jim has cancer
2: um i was with his dad uh jim danner when the when the doctor told us both and again um we, we did we did a lot of you know some crying and grieving later but at that moment we were in just um, covered by God's grace and and that Paul when your dad said, because of Jesus Christ, I'm not afraid to die. That's mm-hmm. okay doc. Of course we did the normal grieving and some mm-hmm. crying after that and seeking treatment and it was I think the most painful thing was his suffering, you know right? Mm-hmm. That's so sensitive on my heart, you know, when people suffer and pray for them. And, uh, but, but he, um, it was amazing. It was an amazing story.
1: Hmm. Um, so early on, you have a six month old and a year. And 20 months. And 20 months. And, 20 months, right. and you're a single mom, you're a widow. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk about those days. Uh, you're, you're, right. you're, you're going through, you're raising kids going through a grieving time uh, and uh, still a relatively new Christian. Right. uh, Kind of put that package together for us. What was it like during that time?
2: You know, my mind flashed back to the after Jim's funeral. um, I stood out on the the porch of the church and I was, um, I said, God, how am I going to, um, raise these kids and how will how will the years be and how will I um, how will they turn out and i they're six months and twenty months and I'm saying, God, what are they gonna be like when they walk down and get their graduation diploma? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they're eighteen and will they be like their dad, you know, will they have some of his you know, his personality and interests and I had all those questions um but it was nice to just talk to God privately about that and I was blessed um I told you about supportive families um and I was blessed with families I was blessed with the time the church we attended for people to to um bless us and encourage us and then I was just like getting in the word of God and and saw that he's a father to the fatherless and mm. a protector of the widow, and Psalms. And then I forgot where the verse is, but there was one where he, he, he protects the borders of the widow, mm. and and I w- and when we'd have storms at night, I I hated those hedges we had, <laughs> but I thought of the hedges around my house, mm. yeah, because they're a lot of work, but now the grandsons do it. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's um. I thought of being protected I I felt it from God Mm. and um, you know there were times when I you know I would cry and I'd hug my pillow at night Mm. because I missed them but God was there you know God was amazing
1: talk about um, you were involved in a church at that time a a great church and uh, talk about the importance of community and people coming around you and just encouraging you knew they were praying for you
2: yeah right but
1: also those who reached out and 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 encouraged you
2: that's what every good church does that's what we do here i mean i that to me is the most important thing of the showing care for everybody when we know what their need is and people surround them uh that happened here that's happened here at the chapel because that was the next phase of going through um Un, you know an ab- abusive remarriage where I got mm-hmm. a, so much help and encouragement here at the chapel so mm-hmm. the body of Christ is vital if to be a part of the body of Christ is so important and so wonderful and my heart hurts if people aren't connected mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah I thank God thank God
1: Paul you um obviously six months when you're dad died other than pictures and stories you don't remember him what was it like though growing up talk about the first six and a half years Um,
3: Uh, i'm glad you asked because i was going to interrupt my mom and say during her period of time i don't know if you noticed in her in her speech even there was no bitterness Mm -hmm. there was no moment ever of her questioning god as why I mean, maybe you've had those feelings, Mom, privately, but Mom's never shared that. That's never been part of her story. Mm-hmm. So, my earliest memories were nothing but—it was wonderful. I have no—you um, know—those first six and a half years. Right. Now, you don't remember a lot, but I know there's a there's a foundation there um, that I still look to to this day. That Mom taught me who Christ was. Huh. And so, you know, I look back at at those years and, and it was, you know, mom has always told me that I knew 50 Bible verses when I was three years old. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I think I still have those verses. Like, when I, even when I read today, there's certain verses that stick out to me that mm-hmm. I just look to my mom for, you know, instilling those truths in me at a young age. And, I, I mean, it was nothing but... Um, great memories as a as a child i i I didn't miss my father because i never knew him it wasn't until i became a young man and starting a family and having children of my own where i started to miss my father Mm -hmm. you know you want some guidance and advice and he's not there but but no it was um i mean i don't have much else to share but i i remember the the being part of the church was was huge and um even now looking back um you know interacting even with Pastor Arnold on Facebook and right. letting yep. him know like what an impact he was mm. for our family mm-hmm. you know right. back then like right. I, I guess I didn't realize the church surrounded us right you know and you know to me and my brother we we were just a couple of other kids, but I guess to everyone else it was you know they were looking mm-hmm. out for us yeah. you know they, yeah. they knew what what mom was dealing with and you know my brother and I we didn't know any better. So, great. but it was mom's absolute, um, rock solid faith in who Christ was, um, that shaped my life.
1: You, uh, you're raising your kids, you're doing life, you're going through challenges, you have some time of obviously grieving in there and right. raising these guys and then, um, you meet someone, or someone introduces right. you to right. an individual, right. and kind of talk about that relationship and how that came about. I think there's a lot to learn with right. that one.
2: <laughs> there is, and there uh, is. There kind
1: is. of, kind of how it came about, and then we'll talk about some of the things that happened after that.
2: Okay, um, at the same good church, um, I was introduced to Max, by he, um, he and some other people from the Mon Valley started attending Library Baptist Church and. He was a, a, a single and a bachelor and I heard he was praying for a wife <laughs> and um, I always I start
3: beating yourself up you can't do that. I know but I <laughs> Just... will
2: tell listen I, I will tell I tell the truth um, and it's amazing when we, we think we're trusting God and we think we know God's will and then we rush ahead of God but you know what God is still sovereign and in control and Mm -hmm. he can take our impulsive decisions that weren't prayed about (laughs) and turn it around for what you prayed work all things together for good so that began so I married the man in three months after I met him is that right oh that's yes and I've confessed it and when I led divorce care for years Mm -hmm. I've confessed that to every session you know don't Mm -hmm. do what I did (laughs) <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you didn't you didn't follow the No, I didn't follow the guidelines, the formula, of, yeah. <laughs> right. Right, of being healed and whole yeah. and wait <laughs> and pray and Get people's opinion, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but God was so. How, how long?
1: How long, uh, so? But, but it was. Was it uh,
2: six years? Yeah, I was, well, I was widowed six years. Okay. And met Max. You know, six or a little bit. So obviously. you did follow
1: the divorce care formula of the. Oh, six for waiting part. to start yeah, to yeah, date okay. again. Right, right. But not it was when Just you, that spiritual part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Well, well, you know, had all these emotional things happen, like on the first date, I have Jim and Paul up a, up the steps saying they're practicing saying dad. No, now what would you do? <laughs>
3: that was the first date. I remember You're that. Saying, I remember no. that. They were saying, Daddy. Oh, yeah.
2: Maybe a daddy. You know, yeah. so anyway. But no, I was, this, um, I look, oh, Ron, I look back on some of my silliness that God. But you wanted a father, too, for yeah, your kids. Yeah, but mm-hmm. well, I really should you, wait on God. I know. I? <laughs> but <laughs> he was a man who who professed his
3: faith oh, in Oh, yes, and, and he we did. do believe oh, he, in spite of the abs- abuse that. You're absolutely. about to hear about that this man absolutely knew the truth. Mm-hmm. He knew who, he yeah, knew we Christ. Liked,
2: yeah, he, he, did. he did. He absolutely did. He wasn't we liked, a fraud. No, it wasn't. And it was also a little bit of confused thinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, we like to say he was broken mm-hmm. because you know what? We're all broken somehow. And mm-hmm. some are more broken. And he was abused as a kid. and Bad. and And, and, and he just carried it on to be big controller. You know, mm-hmm. um, it was and, I. It
1: and was, it wasn't just your decision. There were other. You had people around you who this. I mean, this sounds like a great situation. Right? Oh yeah. Although right. Pastor oh, Arnold oh, wait did warn you. Wait <laughs> a minute, because he might be listening. Oh no no no, he will want to listen. You. Wait a minute. He wants Pastor Arnold
2: <laughs> was the uh, my pastor. Uh-huh. I did not listen to. And and let that
1: be a lesson to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs>
2: Right, so, so, I, Ron, I had some, I really had some theological things that I, I wasn't understanding, and sometimes I'm influenced by people who love me, and for a little bit I was a little bit of, it gives me shivers now of uh, name and claim stuff, and just for a short time I got out of that quick, and then. Um, and then thinking my own pastor did not understand, but he did, and mm-hmm. I, I had people telling me, outside of the body of Christ, that I, people that I respected, that I had to submit no matter what, you know. And I do know there's a oh I believe in biblical submission absolutely, um, but it was key, key word being biblical. Yeah, submission. amen. Yeah. And I didn't that. That I went to a conference one that said this is what you do, uh, and, and I never went back. This is what you do: you, if your husband does something, you just, you just duck and let God get him. And I'm thinking the vision of ducking because we, the 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 emotional and verbal abuse started right away, and it did escalate, you know, to mm. physical. And I kept it a secret for a while. Let's talk about that
1: uh, a little bit, Marlene. I know there are going to be some people listening who are in, who are in now, uh, the boat that you were in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you get married. It seems like the right thing to do. Your kids have a dad. Uh, you, you know, you 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 want companionship, right? right. You right. want a husband, and you want uh, Jim and and uh, and Paul to have a dad, right? Talk about maybe that first time you thought, "Oh, something's right. no, it didn't take long. something's off here." <laughs> it didn't right. take long.
2: Yeah, it didn't take long. Um, what I think is what happened really quickly of the control, and I and 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 of course I learned in getting counseling and 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 helping others that all kinds of abuse, whatever it is, is all centered around control. And I it, it's like the day after the we come back from the honeymoon, I sort of talk to somebody. Mm.
1: Um, to right after the honeymoon.
2: Yeah, and they got smacked for having fun at the kid kitch- at the at the. We um, weren't
3: brushing our teeth fast enough. That's my memory. Right. Mm.
2: So yeah. And the um, day after the honeymoon. Right. It was.
3: Uh, I. It's funny to go back to these thoughts, you know, like they're so far removed from me now. But right. I just remember feeling just absolutely shocked. Like what just happened. Right. Yeah. It was.
2: And what did I and me, what did I do to my kids?
1: Yeah. yeah. Marlene, did you ever feel like it was your fault? Oh you, yeah. Talk about that a little Oh
2: bit. yeah. Oh yeah. Um She still does. Yeah.
1: Just just if there's a if there was abuse or oh, whatever yeah. you thought, okay, I must have done something that brought that on or whatever.
2: Oh yeah. Um that I wasn't well, he told me <laughs> he told me that I wasn't, you know. Uh, that I wasn't uh, submissive enough, and I, um, and rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. So there were times he'd say that I had a demon, and um, and and it was yeah. I I grieved of what I did to my kids, but I thought okay. Um, you know how we can take things out of context, and I, I thought, okay, be still and know I am God, you know, and there's so much more involved in that beautiful mm-hmm. verse, because that's awesome, but, like, I didn't have to do anything, and, and we'll just get through this, and I'm not telling anybody, and um, it was, there's a lot of tears. Um, there are more tears over this for my kids than when they're dear, sweet, um, Young Christian dad died. You know, went to be with the Lord.
3: But you, you were, you were a rock during those times. She really was. She, mm-hmm. she was a rock in her faith. And you know, just seeing how much you, and I wrote that little thing for you
2: on Facebook. On
3: Facebook, your for your birthday, just how much um, that was impactful for me and my brother Jim I'll, prob- I'll probably slip and call him Dan or a few times so if the audience is listening I say <laughs> Dan or I'm talking about my brother um, but um, for you to always be there for us um, there was never a time not once in my memory that you mom would ever say not right now right. or I'm too busy or I'm hurting leave mm. you know let me alone for a little bit let me collect my thoughts let me you know normal things that people would do in, in a traumatic situation you never did that not once not one time mom. not one time
2: we'll see that helps you know as we look back that helps me um, you know forgive myself for rushing ahead and also um, what the part the the guilt thing that I struggled with is, Ron. If I would have been honest and talked to people that wanted to help me, um, maybe we could have been helped. And I, what I think the biggest thing, but my all four of my kids have just ministered back to me when they see Christ in me, and that's all God gets the glory. But, but I. But it but they went through some really hard times because I waited too long for help mm-hmm. and and but again when he praises me and I know we both want to know that that was God mm. any good you know with God I, um, would, I
3: wouldn't trade any of it mm.
2: that's what all my kids mm. say that you know um really it escalated and it went on for years and talk,
1: uh, talk about that a minute um yeah. paul what wh- that was uh it, i think we could describe it as a living hell in some mm-hmm. senses
3: no it absolutely was it's hard to think about and, now
1: and you say i wouldn't trade that what what do you mean by that talk uh, about that a little bit
3: well it, it molded me it shaped me for who <laughs> i am it it prepared me to um you know I'm, I'm an auto mechanic and uh, i'm an auto mechanic instructor and it's and funny. An entrepreneur uh, uh, and a, yeah. And a but several other things. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. Um, you know, the the crowd of people that are, are my friends, that are, are my my people, mechanic mm-hmm. types. And we all seem to come from this same broken family background. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I feel like I've always had a platform because of what happened. I, I, I've never been. You know I, I wasn't a silver spoon kid uh, you know I've, I've been through some stuff and mm-hmm. I can relate and I understand and I can so I, I'm thankful for that now mm-hmm. I, it made me strong it made me who I am it taught me uh, how to not be and, and there are times I I react to something my children do that is reminiscent of what my stepfather would do and mm-hmm. I, I hate that part of me but there's so much more that that became good from what happened and mm-hmm. and ultimately it was it was because of god and and being able to forgive this man mm-hmm. I, don't, I i think if i would have um if i would have kept in that anger mode and the hatred mode then um i would just be blocking what god wanted to do with it mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's hard for me right now. I, I knew we were going to do this. And I think the last time that we recorded, you know, our story together, it was a little, you know, it was 10 years ago. So it was a little bit fresher, I guess. Um, as time has gone on, it's so hard to even put my mind back into what those times were actually like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just... I just know God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen.
1: That's a good place to be.
2: It is. I'll never forget.
3: It, it allows me to release yeah. that mm-hmm. and right. and to not. Right. You know, let that anger rule me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: I, I, I saw it happen, Ron, when he went to Max and said his his stepdad, and he said, "I um. There were times I hated you." And there were times that I wanted to dance on your grave, but now I have nothing but love for mm-hmm. you, yeah. mm-hmm. because God forgave me, and he t- he cried. It was mm-hmm. beautiful.
3: But that was a process too. Mom. I know it that, was. That yeah. didn't happen overnight. It, no, it not. didn't. So it, let's
1: talk. Let's talk a little bit about that part, because as we've talked, you know that, uh, as you say that 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 was a process it that did. that took time and. It did. And um, so, Marlene, you are married. You have you have two more kids. Right. You have uh, Max and right and Barbie and Barbie. hmm And um, like, so when was the first time you said, "Man, this is I got to get help. I I can't right. I can't keep doing this on my own. I've got to right. tell somebody. That's I got to right. reach out."
2: That's right. I um started to tell my family first. I remember telling my family, and then I went. That's when, um, and I went to pa- uh, Pastor Ronald. That's when he, you know, well, he he cautioned me about even marrying him quickly, but he also gave me good counsel about I needed to um, separate. Uh, we didn't talk divorce. We separate, and um, and I I I just couldn't hear that right away. Um, I thought that I would. Um, Be a hurting God, and I didn't want to do that. And I was still struggling with how submissive to be. And but what happened is he ended up physically hurting me on the way to see Pastor Arnold. And and so he said, "I'm not going to Library Baptist anymore. I'm going to go to the Bible Chapel." (laughs) That's how we. But God, again, you know, God's amazing. He he directs our steps, Mm -hmm. and. So he started going to Bible Chapel, we're still at Library Baptist, Um, and here's Marlene still trying to fix something that you can't fix, and said, well, we can't worship in two different churches, and another mistake that God still did beautiful things is pulling Jim and Paul out of the teen youth group and bringing them over to where he didn't know anybody, which although there were good, good people there, but... But it ended up that Max um, was in a Bible study here, and then it got, and I said, and I told him if he hit me one more time, I was calling his, I was calling somebody at the chapel. And I did, and they brought us in, and wonderful, you know, was it before you came, Ron, John Mm -hmm. Monroe, and then Bill Calderwood was his associate.
3: He had everyone convinced at the chapel that That Mom was a witch? Mm-hmm. And we had bad kids, and, except yeah. for Barbie and Max. They and, were angels. And, your, and your, two, your two sons were drug addicts, right, right? Way before we ever did any drugs, right. <laughs> right. right? Right.
2: You know, but you know what? See, both of us. <laughs>
3: he must have been a prophet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> both of us can talk about it, with us not as a like you said, Paul, not as much motion, because we God is so good. You know, He doesn't always. Mm-hmm reveal his plans and purposes, you know, because he, he's worthy to be trusted. But sometimes when he does, it's you look back and you see his hand and you see the journey and you see the good he's bringing on. You see him rescuing us. And, and really, it was the body of Christ at the Bible chapel that really helped me and now I had another good church, and then um, I um, i actually it got to the point where, as, as we were being counseled here, that it became more dangerous, and we had to pray about, and, or had to plan to get a PFA, and... Um, Which is
3: a protection from abuse.
2: Right, and... Um, Again it's God, Ron, because I can't take any credit and I I could get that PFA and still love him and forgive him. No. I I didn't I I was getting stronger. I wasn't being a wimp, but I didn't have hate in my heart. And I knew when I went to Pittsburgh to get the PFA that I was serving God. I knew I was. I wanted him helped and I wanted my kids helped. And so um, we did that. Well, in
3: the numerous times that the South Park police came to our house, um, they had warned you too. Right. They told me if how to get a she didn't BFA. do something, that there was a homicide waiting to happen in our family and I, that was true. I All was right. 15, my brother was 16, and we talked about killing mm-hmm. him. So, I mean, that, that so, was coming. Uh,
1: th- Paul, talk about that. I know that you guys are, um, you guys are, are grown now and, um. You got a lot of stuff going on in your heart. <laughs> you worked through that process of forgiveness and letting go of the hatred, but there was some there was some pent up oh, stuff. It was there, there for a while, full blown. Talk about uh, talk about just what you're going through as you see this happening. Mm. You know, it's happening to your mom with you guys, and then and then you guys. You know, he he was a prophet in some sense that you guys acted out and and uh, and did some things that uh, that uh, would would be. Uh, Say normal, I put that in quotes, but normal when you're going through it, just a difficult time.
3: Well, again, it's, it's so far removed, but I I remember the biggest thing with it it was it was all centralized around the Bible, yeah, and Christ. I mean, here's a guy who claims to know God, and he would sit us down and have like two hour Bible lectures where he's pounding on the Bible and then he's swearing at us in the next sentence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, real bad stuff. Like, I mean, it it, it, was, it was a real confusing time in my life, you know, where I have my mom on one hand who, looking back, clearly was a rock. And I said that already, a foundation for Christ. And then mm-hmm. I have my stepfather who also is what I would call a Bible thumper, mm-hmm. you know, who... We couldn't do anything. I, I mean, I remember getting. I was just telling May the other day because we were playing Donkey Kong at a at a, at a <laughs> you know at a restaurant. There was an old arcade, and I got one of my worst beatings ever mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he found me mm-hmm. playing Donkey Kong at a local convenience store. They had a arcade, I was not allowed to touch video games because they were evil, they were satanic, they were demonic, you know. Mm -hmm. Anything worldly, bowling alleys, music, like, all of it was evil, satanic, like... And so, it was really, really tough living through that as a young man. I was completely confused, and I... I mean, I I look back now, and I I, I definitely used it as an excuse to springboard and do whatever I wanted. You know, Mm -hmm. after the PFA was was applied and he was removed. I remember coming home and he's gone. And I'm like, What? He's gone. Like, he's gone. He's not coming back.
1: But before that you guys were thinking if he if this if, if he doesn't get out of here oh, yeah. we're right. gonna we're go- we're I, gonna kill absolutely. him.
3: Absolutely. I mean we didn't really have it planned out like on paper. We didn't really, you know, talk about it one on one, me and my brother, but we absolutely talked about killing him. There is no question about it. it, it I couldn't, I couldn't live with with him. Mm-hmm. And mom saw it. Mom knew it. And, and that was what ah, prompted right, the finally. PFA. Right, and, to and do something. Yeah, it was bad. It, it was bad. It, again, those feelings that... And what was going on back then were... It, it's almost like it's not even my life anymore. Mm-hmm. It's hard to right. think back. But there was some real, real anger and mm-hmm. hurt, hurt and pain. Right. And it was all, again, centralized around the Bible and Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
3: Right. So I was... I didn't want anything to do with it. When he was gone, I, right. You know, be, even before that, I I didn't want anything to do with God, church, Bible. Don't preach to me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear mm-hmm. it. I mean, that was, that was where I was at at 15 and before 15. That's mm-hmm. where I was.
2: Right. And the forgiveness that we mentioned that you offered that was years down the line right. when when he he was um, had a, a cancer and was was dying. So, so
1: you guys kind of took off. On a journey of rebellion. Yeah. Both you and, and your brother. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we, uh, you know, I put uh, a lot of substances in my body. Fortunately, um, heroin wasn't around a lot, so I never put a needle in my arm. Thankfully, I never touched that drug, but just about every other drug I did, and, you know, just to escape. I, I, I didn't want to be part of reality. I, mm-hmm. I, reality was awful to me. I, I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't find any value in it, and um, talk, uh,
1: uh, Paul, talk a little about that because he's gone now, and so he's not around. Mm-hmm. But man, what he has, what has happened to you? Even though he's gone, you're still rebelling, rebelling against kind of life itself, mm-hmm. right?
3: Life itself,
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and it was. It was one that was fueled by anger. I was just so angry all the time. I, uh, I was angry at him. I was angry at what happened, you know. And he's still kind of in the picture because he's we, he has visitation rights for Barbie. my half brother and sister for Barbie and Max, who are his biological mm-hmm. children. You know, my half brother and sister. So he's still around. He's still making waves in the family. And but that, I mean, as far as walking the path, I did. I just, I just kind of had a I don't care attitude. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And it was really revolved a lot around I wasn't allowed to do anything. And mm-hmm. so as soon as that was gone, I was going to do everything. <laughs> and, and I made it my point to do everything. And um, thankfully, you know, the Scripture does teach that God is a father to the fatherless. And mm-hmm. I really feel like God cut me some slack because of that. Because I know he doesn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he, he'll um, prune you sooner mm-hmm. than, but he let me grow. Uh, a crooked, <laughs> bent shoot with no fruit for a while without <laughs> pruning me. When uh, did
1: you? When do you, When you looking back? When did you? When do you feel like you trusted in Christ?
3: It's so difficult for me to answer. I really feel like it was in those first six years I was right. at home. I don't right. have a moment that mm-hmm. I remember. I do. Well, my mom claims right? I was 13, and I was like— Oh, no. When or 12. You, no, before you well, were Well, I used to always oh, tell okay. my mom.
2: <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to manipulate her real— oh, yeah.
3: I, I never wanted to go to sleep, so I knew if I would stay up, and I'd say, Mom, I want to make sure I'm safe, <laughs> that she would walk me through the sinner's prayer again, and I could totally not have to go to sleep for a while, you know? So. So the, our earliest <laughs> memories of the sinner's prayer, I've probably prayed that prayer a thousand times. <laughs> so somewhere in there, I'm not sure, Ron. Mm-hmm. I don't know where man's responsibility right. and God's sovereignty, right. and the two of those come together. I have no idea. But he never let you go. He, they I, didn't, right? I have n- <laughs> <It's
2: okay.
3: laughs> That's what I can say now is, you know, even looking back in those times, there was crowds of people I was with that would do certain things that I would never quite go that far.
2: Hmm. I know. You know? know. It it
3: was really involved around just hurting other people, you know, like... You know, just who you were with, and being mean to other people and hurting other people—that was just never part of it.
2: I know, mm-hmm. and we had all those broken people I, in the house, all your friends. I, you had—and I still love every single I, one of them. I know, I do too. Um, I'll never forget the story where you called and your your truck broke down, and I don't know, I don't know how you called me. We didn't have cell phones back then, or somehow you were sitting on a the fence there on on um, Sugar Camp Road, and you you said, I don't know. If it was the marijuana or if it was God, but you said you heard you said you heard. Oh I heard I God still, whisper to me, He loves me. I still actually, love you. Your
3: memory's a little off. That was Oh okay. That was actually I was on L S D and oh, okay. I was in oh. the in the shed in your backyard.
2: <laughs> okay, that's but a long so, time ago.
3: Somewhere in there God absolutely whispered to me that he still love me. Now that could you know, I, I don't know, I don't claim to have heard God's <laughs> voice, but I mean, it was an unusual moment. I was not thinking of God. I was not in that frame of mind. And to,
2: but I, uh,
3: to have that thought was, was pretty but, profound yeah, he, uh, and true. Yeah.
1: He protected your life, didn't he? Yeah.
2: It, For
3: sure. Yeah. And, and I wish, I, well, I don't wish I had a day. Some people have those days where they know when, when they trusted Christ, when mm-hmm. that moment occurred. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. I've always felt like his. Wow. Let me ask
1: you a question. As a believer, somewhere near you became a believer, right? Yeah. And to your point, God knew you be found before the foundation of the world. Amen. And he knew you were his. What's it like to run from God?
3: Empty. Uh, lonely. Dark. Scary. I think there are many times I was in situations where I knew I shouldn't be there. And, and just seeing how the world works, um, being in the world, um, it was, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think through those times, I really have great discernment. God's given me. Because I walk those paths, um, he's really given me real good discernment for what is of him and what is Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Paul, talk to the teenager. Who is um, is running from God? Um, They may know the truth and they may be at a time. Maybe they're uh, have some freedom in college or whatever. They know the truth, and, you know, if we if we could interview them years later, they would say, I don't know when I came to Christ in there, but but we know that God at some point, well, in eternity passed your mind. Talk to that um, teenager, that young adult. Some aren't as fortunate as you, right, to, um, to go through and, and be on this side of it. And uh, Man you, you, you just think about all the things That could have happened right As, as you're um, strung out On drugs or whatever Talk to that person And tell them what they're missing
3: And um, invite them back Man That's a tough one Because I don't have a Magic formula I don't have a Step by step that I Went through. Um, I know that um, we're taught in Scripture that if we follow God, He'll give us the desires of, of our heart. And I've always struggled with that. Like, I don't really want to do that, God. I don't. What are all these rules? What are all these regulations that I can't do this and I can't do that? Well, how do I balance that with follow me and I'll give you the desires of your heart? I, I wish I had a here's where I was and here's where I am I don't, I don't know that I can answer I, I mm-hmm. um to speak on the on that path and if I would have stayed on that path I think I can do that um I can just maybe share a little bit more of what happened one particular situation I there was a pregnancy scare with a with a girl and and uh There was um, it was not a good situation and and that didn't happen. She ended up lied to me and was not pregnant. And but I look back at that and even all these years later, I could have had a child with this woman and I could have still been connected with this woman Mm -hmm. all these years later. And fortunately, God Mm -hmm. spared me from that. So there's lasting consequences that happen on this path if you stay there Um, we're taught in scripture that every branch that doesn't bear good fruit is pruned and some of that pruning can hurt Um, sometimes that pruning may may end up being you I'm speaking to this person on that path could be you in a prison cell because of drug use and you're now at a place where you can finally hear The gospel for the first time because you're not around your drugs and that's what God put you in that place because you wouldn't listen, you wouldn't listen, you wouldn't listen, and He pruned you to to the point where that's where you are now. Those are your decisions. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be that guy. Um, The path is empty. There's nothing there. Um, The world lies to us. The 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 partying that we're shown. You know people having a great time with their with their friends and what we see on tv and you know what life's all about is parties and and people and and money and wealth and you know that path's empty there's nothing there Mm -hmm. uh when you when you die you don't take any of it with you um i i don't know i
1: talk about your path back what was when was the day you woke up and said, "I can't keep doing this"?
3: It started. Um, it started with my wife.
2: That's right. I'll tell I
3: was nineteen. I met her. She's eighteen. And at the time, I just thought she was smoking. You know, beautiful
1: smoking, smoking something hot. or smoking hot? All smoking right, let's just hot. clarify that. <laughs> she was just not smoking cr- something for Kristen's no, sake. Yes, let's for Kristen's sake, that.
2: I was still smoking, but
3: she was smoking hot. So, I mean, that was my only concern at 19. But she was, uh, she was a good girl, and I, you know, we were still together. To you guys this in day. high school together. No, she mm-hmm. was uh, in uh, a different high school, but we, we grew up. Um, Really on the same hillside. Right. But she was in Bethel Park and we were in South Park. She's like right on the border. So we did not go to the same school. We met at a New Year's Eve party and I think I did three different drugs that night. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I, I met this woman who was different. I, I was, I had a pretty wild four years in there, 15 to 19. I really did everything possible I could do. And um, when I met her, uh, I wanted to do things different Um, I knew within six months I wanted to spend the rest of my life with this woman and so was Kristen a believer at that time? she was not okay she was not and that was the first time so that was really where I started I I valued mom and your upbringing for those first six years I still look at that was absolutely foundational in my life you spoke truth to me you showed me who Christ was you showed me who he was not just by telling me about it mm-hmm. you showed me so i wanted that i wanted that for my family because i knew if i'm going to spend the rest of my life with this woman i'm not going to be how my stepfather was to me how do i break this cycle how do how do i approach this and i knew it was christ i knew it was god in and, <laughs> and so that around that time was when it wasn't when I quit drug—I you know, smoked weed for many, many years after that. That, that wasn't, I didn't have that kind of moment, but I did have a moment where this is who I want guiding us. I want biblical principles. My mom's the ones she taught me, mm-hmm. not the ones Max taught me. Mm-hmm. And I told Kristen, I was like, listen, I, I want to turn my life back to Christ— and she felt like this was the first time in our relationship it was still young it might have been six to eight months in but she i remember her telling me this is the first decision i made that she felt like i was leaving her and 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 that spurred a conversation with my mom and my wife's moment she does have a day was (laughs) talking with my mom in the Hmm. kitchen uh, a, a day or two after me saying we, we need to we need to follow Christ if we're going to make this work. And mm. and, you know, I mean, it was still a process many years right. after, you know, there's still anger and all of that. And, you know, from my stepfather and I carry that baggage with me. But I, I knew that it was a it was Christ that I wanted mm-hmm. to build this relationship on. And, mm-hmm. and he ended up drawing my wife Oh, closer <laughs> I was following her That's footsteps. Right. You right. married
1: you married
2: way over your head, yeah, she you know. Did. I married way over my head, absolutely <laughs> I did. I did. She's she's an amazing She is an amazing godly woman. woman. You got
1: Paul and Jim um in their rebellion. We'll, we'll talk about that from a mother's standpoint here in a right, second. Right. Then you got Max and Barb, oh yeah, who are uh, son and daughter of, of Max, right. and he's still visiting them. Right. Did did that? What was there conflict in Very. the family between you, Paul and Jim and Max and Barb and all? No.
2: That? Um, what's interesting, <coughs> Paul and Jim, they were not like half brother and sister. You always are they.
3: Well, there was no conflict between Barbie right, and Max floor. and, and but, me right, and Dan. Right. Uh, we were so but, close. But and we that.
2: had, uh, you mentioned, you know, after the PFA, we still had interaction um, and visitation. But it became a very serious and even a legal thing um, where um, Barb and Max went through their type of hardship. See, they were the golden children to um, Max. But, um, but, you know, and you were the bad kids, Paul and Jim. But... But when they visited him, he, as we said, he had some he had some brokenness from his past, and he also was obsessed about certain things in his head about Satan. And he actually would scare Barb and Max and talk all the time about Satan, and he would tell them not to hug me because I had Satan in me. So this was really—it it had to be some mental— um, balance there. He mm-hmm. was a smart, and there was a, you know. Well, there
3: was uh, to speak on Max Senior for a second. There was witchcraft in his family, hmm. and there was. Um,
2: but he rejected s- it. But he was. Well,
3: he was part of it for a while,
2: and
1: there was yeah. abuse and all kinds oh, of. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, there yes. were some scary stories of beds and levitating so and weird stuff. Mm-hmm. In his past, yeah. so that's like where it came from. But go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So. We um, and it it took a while again. I'm I I'm in counseling now, and um, in fact, remember Norm, you had Norm Tober as yeah. our counselor here. Yeah. He helped us, helped our family, helped me make right decisions. And we reported to the attorneys about what kind of visits they were having, and they would they would cry when they had to go see their dad, and. Um, you know, part of them loved their dad, but it was—it was, of course, you know, but, but it was very painful, and we actually had to—it, it escalated where we need supervised visits, and to protect Barb and Max. Yeah, um, their,
3: can I say something? Their mm-hmm. their abuse started when mine and my bro- my right. older brother mm-hmm. Jim's ended. In a different ended. way, right? Theirs mm-hmm. started when ours ended, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it went on for right ten. Ten more year, ten years? No, maybe
2: not no, quite um, that long. No. Um
3: before like Max always senior. There's two Maxes here. Max mm-hmm. is not really a junior, but <laughs> right, Max them, right. junior and so there's two Maxes and here.
1: Jim's but, Jim, but not
3: really a yeah, junior. Oh, Jim's. Yeah, Jim's Danner. So I hope everybody's <laughs> following along.
2: Yeah, Max Max Junior would come home from the visits, can't could not fall asleep. Hmm. And he would have and he's um you know, maybe, maybe um, 11, 12. I mean, he'd be he'd have to lay on the floor in my bedroom because he was so afraid of the the, the visions that he yeah. saw. It was bad. I, I
3: remember now what I was going to say, and that was Max Senior kept dragging Mom to court in different times, and every time he took her to court, it ended up bad for him. It's like so. God was in <laughs> control of these judges like they were able to see where the you know the only thing max senior was right about is my older brother and i were using drugs but uh, (laughs) other than that we weren't practicing witchcraft we were not injecting he had barbie hysterical one time with a scratch on her neck convinced that danner injected her with heroin in her neck and We were just out in the shed smoking weed. We weren't Mm -hmm. shooting up heroin or giving our younger brothers and sisters. But he was crazy. But every time he took mom to court, it went bad for him. He would lose (laughs) visitation every time he took mom to court.
2: Right, and God's hand was in. It it was, was. you know, the verses uh, that I held on to, and I know, you know, they were written for Israel, but the principles were good. That. that no weapon formed against you will prosper, in Isaiah fifty four, and then and and your vindications from me, and um, and I again, I don't take honestly, and Paul knows I don't take credit at all. But my heart, every time he lost, my heart hurt for him, but mm. rejoiced for us. I, you know, I think it's normal for anybody, you know, to go through the range of emotions, you know, with anger and and maybe even for a while, unforgiveness, but God was very merciful. Um, I had compassion on him and prayed for him all the time, but I was strong enough now with the help I got to prevent him from hurting us anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, so Barbara Max had it very hard, and then, then it ended up that he said, after all, oh, the last supervised visit had to be with the sheriff. At the courthouse, if he wanted to see his kids, so he gave up seeing them. We didn't hear from him for a while, and then um, we we um, we prayed for him. Um, and and Barb and Max, we we never wanted them to. Uh, you know, we learned we learned in um, you know the divorce care that you you know we were able to mm-hmm. to to be with for years. Um, not to you can speak the truth about. You know, to your kids, depending on their age, but never disparage them and Mm -hmm. don't say he's worthless or he's bad. You know, he's needy. He needs help. You know, we love him. No, you didn't love him then, but (laughs) I'm looking at Paul. But God gave you that love as when he came back. Right. You do. Uh,
3: Maybe because he's dead. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. (laughs) That was awful. That's not true I was just <laughs> making a joke I, he is not with us anymore but I I do I can genuinely say that I I believe that I will see this man again oh, me that too. he is a believer and I, I hope we get a chance to talk about you taking care of him on his deathbed mm-hmm. but well I want to tell yeah.
2: you about Barbie though okay. Barbie, um, we used to go, you know, we're at the chapel now, and um, the, the boys are out there, but me, Barbie, and Max, were at the chapel being blessed, and we're going to the Oblys. Uh, what we call it back then, cell group or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we could bring the kids in, and Oblys would just give them, you know, some funny cartoons and all kinds of food. They loved to go to that Bible study. Well, Barbie got into... Um, uh, her rebelling against her dad and his focus on Satan. So Barbie decided that she was going to serve Satan. And she started to wear black.
3: Go figure. Right.
2: <laughs> and she wore the bangs like this. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, they were flipped out. And, like, she had all black on. And she walked in the looking like that with one of her little friends, at the cell group, and somebody said, "Look at those pretty little girls in black." Yeah. We got <clears throat> such love, they wanted to make a statement. <laughs> but, but I want to tell you this, Barbie, amazing. She said that um, she said that um, she she uh, didn't want to see her dad anymore. And if she, if she served, if he knew she was serving Satan, then then he'd never want to see her. But but Mm. that little girl, um, she was really. We were in counseling through again. The chapel led us back then to how to get counseling, and it was uh, it was with a Jewish guy. um, He was wonderful, and um, it uh, it was called uh, Children and Youth Services at the time. It's called Family Links now. Wonderful organization, and that counselor understood satanic ritual abuse. He was amazing and Barbie got out of it pretty quick and Barbie decided when she was after counseling and she was around 14 she decided we hadn't heard from Max and she decided she was going to contact her dad and I saw her at 14 uh, coming back to a, a real deep relationship with the Lord and saying I want to see my dad and she said but I want you to I want to see him at Eaton Park, and I want to, you to sit outside in the parking lot. And she was such a brave little girl. And she reached out to him, and he, we had some times where he still looked at us, me and the boys, as awful, but he would come sometimes to um, the chapel. And um, he— uh, Was that— he was diagnosed with cancer then, though, right? We'd, he didn't tell us. Yeah, he had, he had prostate yeah, I
1: remember down. early on, one of the first um, uh, times I remember hearing Majeric name uh, was um, he came. This was right after the uh, protection against abuse, from abuse. Right. From abuse. Uh, and he came trying to get in the church, and there were a couple of elders that met him at the door right. and said, no, we're protecting Marlene. Right. You can't come in. Right, And right. so that was a time of... Uh,
2: that's right, yeah, you keeping, were right.
1: Keeping him away. Yeah.
2: Right, and Bill Lutz, you know, at the time, too. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I the remember that. I, right. I, I, yeah.
3: I actually wanted to come to church after that. I know.
2: <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I didn't
3: want anything to do with church then anyway, but <laughs> when I heard they were not letting Max in the door, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, maybe I should go check out this <laughs> church. <laughs> you
2: know, but, I, but, but, Paul, I'm, you can help my memory, but as... As we started letting him, a, a, you know, with guidance a little bit in our lives, because we just we prayed for him, you know, and um,
3: well, I wasn't praying for him. I back know, then. But <laughs> me and Barbara
2: Max, <laughs> you know. But anyway, so anyway, um, so one of those meetings, he came, and then you know, Kristen had you coming, and you were I saw I saw the transformation. Sure, that
3: was late though. That was much later. Uh, that was, was after it? I went through. I went through anger management counseling, right. and right. I want—I didn't want to bring any of that baggage into my right. family. And I right. remember you mentioned Norm Tober; he was very—he was my counselor. And I, I told him when we started, "Don't preach to me." Of mm-hmm. course, right. I'm here for your biblical <laughs> knowledge, but don't preach to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
1: want it on my terms. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah. As soon as you preach to me, I'm walking. I told him that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, he told me at the end after about a year, you know, he taught me everything that he could, and he he said, listen, the the final piece to this, you know, getting you know rid of this anger that he called a cesspool, you know, just a a, a container of you know stuff that you tap into right. when you get angry over something. But he said the ultimate, um, piece to. You know keep this from accumulating again is forgiveness is to mm. forgive max and and he prayed for me that someday I'd be able to forgive Max right. and and uh, it wasn't What's I didn't way? graduate from counseling by saying I forgave Max right. that was the end of it and I it remember. was a process after it was
1: Paul how how old were you at that point
3: um I think I was either 20 or 21 okay. um you know uh, we were in I was engaged to Kristen for about three and a half years uh, while she was finishing out college, I promised her dad that we'd wait until mm-hmm. um, after she was done with college t- before we got married. So well, we were serious right away about it. and um, So, yeah, about that age, about 20, I think.
1: Well, I want to get to the story um, <clears throat> of, of forgiveness here in a second. I do want to ask you this. Marlene, um, you know, you're, you're a rock. Your faith is so solid. You've, you've demonstrated that throughout your life. And you have two boys that are That are far from God What what are you What are you praying You're you're, you're going through this separation I don't know if it's divorced at this time But but Max isn't coming back in You got Max and Barb you're raising And you got both uh, Paul and Jim that are Pretty much headed their own direction Away from God And you know that this is not a Right. Safe place to be spiritually or, or physically. Right. What were you What were you praying? What were your thoughts going through? Yeah.
2: Um, well, I um, and I got counsel. I think I think it was probably probably from Norm. I um, I, I did the best I could. I I I would. The, the, I had a few. The only rules, the little rules that I could live with. You know that, in my. In my house, they had to, you know, uh, I wasn't forcing them anymore to go to church. I remember that was a victory for me when I gave you, I said to you and Jim, I can't force you to go to church, but I, but now I turn over my responsibility of your spiritual life from me to you. And Mm -hmm. it was a real victory to me the first time I left and just you and Jim didn't go to church. And I had some rules in the house that i that uh, basic rules like no girls in bedrooms and no bad dirty movies and stuff like that that I, and no beer and i, I think but, we broke all but, of that, those <laughs> but it's <laughs> <laughs> so i tried you know so I and felt then so bad mom i know <laughs>
1: how was, was your relationship really tense during that never time?
3: No. My, no never not no. mom you've always i always say this like you, you are the reason that i follow christ
2: well the holy spirit of course
3: <laughs> but you showed me who he was yeah i didn't know who he was and i oh. i'm telling like she has always been that
2: oh, oh i had a trick never you never good i had a trick but it was a good one. Okay, so they come in. This is in. new. I've not heard this okay, one. Okay, this was awesome. Okay, so they would come in, and I was working, you know, and then I had a neighbor to watch, Barb and Max, and um, my, my mom was still living and helped. But they'd come in, and I would want to know when they're in, and if I'd either be up or I'd go, when they'd go to bed, then I'd say, I'll rub your back if you let me read oh, Proverbs. Yeah. I read them through all Proverbs. Oh, yeah. I'll take back. a
3: back rub and some Proverbs. <laughs> reading oh, no, I don't care
2: that I was being used because God's word God's is sharper word. and living. Yeah. And, That's you know.
3: great. Mom, you have set, I think, an example for us having our own children on how to approach this type of stuff. That you can't force this on someone. Right. You can't force right. a, a, a faith in Christ on someone. You. Right. You have to live it in front of them, and you let God do the work, and that's what you did. Yeah. She never judged us. She never was angry with us. Um, she always was was approachable, always kind. I mean, you know, we we kind of, as a young man, I was annoyed by her always in my face, but <laughs> you know, that's just mom. She just loved us, and I, you just, you did an awesome job, mom. Oh. I, you have. My utmost respect. In the whole family, feels
2: that. about yeah, and I, I, am Ron, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very blessed. Um, any time, any one of us, if we, if somebody sees Jesus in us, mm-hmm. you know, it's really not us. You know, it's hard to take that compliment, but it is God. You know, God has, He's amazing. I mean, you preach it all the time. I mean, God can use any of us, even in our brokenness and even in our mistakes and. In our sins, he forgives, and he's amazing. And um, and I, I honestly, I want to back, just step back, because you asked about Barb and Max. Um, that I wanted to finish about Barb, that she um, she was real instrumental in um, in starting a relationship with with Max, and she she was also she, all four, like Jim and Paul were out there as like prodigals and Max was hurting young boy and, um, uh, and, and Barbie was uh, diagnosed as a beginning of being in a disassociated state because she had to be a different girl up at Max's she was at home. But that girl just rose above that. And now, you know, on July 1st, she's going to be Dr. Majeric and mm-hmm. PhD in linguistics. And mm-hmm. she's amazing. She, she went to counseling herself, and now she counsels her mom. And then she <laughs> said, we have, I have four kids. You get ki- to
1: your two PhDs now.
2: Yeah, so watch. Barbie said, I have four kids. Okay, Paul fills all, my, all the needs I need to be built up in Christ. You know he's amazing because he sees Christ in me, which is really a gift, Paul. Because sometimes I say I don't deserve it. I always say, Ron, I, when I, I always said this to you, when I uh, I hope that my goal in life is to be the Christian a Paul and Christian. Think I am, <laughs> and then. Um, Max has a PhD in organic chemistry and it totally approves of, my, of the current my current illness and all the treatments I'm getting. You know, so, <laughs> I get, so I get second opinions free. and then and, and then um, uh, Danner is the one that makes us laugh the most. It's so awesome. And Barbie is counselor. Linguistic person who explains words. <laughs> she, you know, it's like she's um, so she is actually. i I tell her that she now counsels me. She counsels <laughs> me now. So, and um, so I look back and I, I always wanted, you know, when I when I led divorce care, which was the joy of my heart. Um, I always hoped that my four kids who were hurting. Could give the rest of those parents hope hmm. and just love them. And the, you mentioned the verse about bitterness, and I forgot, but I knew uh, you didn't want bitterness. If if I was bitter and God spared me of it, it would. How's it say it wrong? Like mm-hmm. comes out and can defile many. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want any bitterness because I wanted them blessed. And um,
3: you were never bitter.
2: And and but then. I wanted that to be your heritage and not one of my kids, they all love and forgive him and we and, and, and as we got the joy of caring for him when he was sick at the end, I want to tell you, and it is really a God, it was from God that I got to kiss him on the forehead about an hour before he died and tell him. Tell him because we knew he belonged to Christ. I said, He's gonna say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because any good, it's only in Christ. Hmm. He does he he wipes our sins away. Right. It's right. like he's not going to answer for those. Hmm. Let's
1: let's talk about that process of forgiveness. I wanna mention one thing, uh, uh, Paul, I remember uh, you and Kristen in my office, and uh, at that time I was doing uh, premarital counseling one-on-one. We were going through these lessons, and we got to um, to biblical submission, which is different than what you grew up with. Sure. But when I said that, I'll never forget, you sat up straight in your chair, and you bristled when you heard that. And I don't remember if you said anything, but it was kind of like, that is— I I buy everything else, but I, that's not for me. You remember that?
3: I do vi- vividly. It was um, the verse of wives obey your husbands, mm-hmm. and that was my stepdad's favorite verse that he h- held over my mom's head all those years. You know, he, obey me, obey me, obey me. You know, he, it was uh, so it was it was hard to hear those words. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna do that with my wife. You know, it wasn't gonna be like that you Mm -hmm. know i i I now realize in context you know and it's all means yes and 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 it's not uh, you know a rule over type obedience it's a it's a servant leadership and it's a i think when the husband does it right the the wife willingly follows and there is no conflict um Mm -hmm. because the husband is, is is serving with love and would give his life for his wife and You know that all needs to be there Mm -hmm. um so it certainly wasn't what max right
1: right right. yeah so um you guys have gone through a lot of stuff Uh, um paul you and your brother jim you've gone through a lot of rebellion max and barb have gone through their challenges as well Mm -hmm. and now we fast forward a little bit and um max senior uh you learn that he is uh that he has cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, the outlook's not good. Yep. Talk about, just talk about the thought process. I mean, this is a guy you you wanted to kill. Yeah. Um, do you remember the process of maybe that day you actually went over to see him? Did th-
3: well, How you thought about it that? It first was here at the church is when I first mm-hmm. saw him after right, all yeah. these <clears throat> years. And I remember seeing him from afar, and I, like, my heart skipped a beat. I couldn't breathe. I'm like, here's this man. He's in front of me. And, um, you know, this is after my counseling and stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I'm i not really sure, maybe in my mind, that I totally forgive him yet. And, but I just, in that moment, I just felt like I'm just going to go over and shake his hand and say, welcome. And I did that. And that was like the first step um, for me. And then I, I you certainly want to he, he hear. His hand was shaking. Oh, yeah, he was shaking, too, yeah. Um, So that was that was something. And I I mean, here's a man. He's the only father I ever knew. Um, There were few good memories Mm -hmm. with him, you know, things like, um, you know, I could ride my bike. At other places where other kids couldn't. Granted, they were dangerous roads,
0: <laughs> <laughs> things like go that. <laughs> that I have go good out on the of. highway. Yeah, like Follow these you. other kids, they couldn't
3: ride down this area, but I could. So it was cool. I mean, I, I didn't. I, so I have some good memories of. <laughs> but it, you just you learn to, I think, look for the good. There was some in there. Right. Um, and Ma, if this, is, this is a testament again to my mom, and I, I don't know why you never dated again. I'm just going to speculate. You've heard me say this before, but in, in Scripture it, does, it is specific about I, divorce, stuck, right? and it, it says except for marital unfaithfulness. Um, that's, he wasn't unfaithful. He was right. not unfaithful, right. uh, and I really feel like my mom never dated again, even though she hmm. got divorced to protect her children she needed to she needed the divorce to protect Barbie and Max that's why that divorce was final it wasn't just a separation we we needed him away from Barbie and Max mm-hmm. he was crushing them and um so she protected her family but she never dated ever never another man still to this day but here's what I here's what I got to see and here's what she, I I and I don't know that this is a direct relation so I'm not I'm not uh, uh, speaking for God here, that, that he allowed this to happen because of your faithfulness in this area. But here's what I saw that I don't think I would have seen if you had another husband or another man is as Max Sr. is on his deathbed. He's got prostate cancer. And in that area, you know, the, he can't do anything for himself at he's some point. in his bones. And it yeah. went and, into his and bones. And at, at some point in time, mom goes daily to visit him for maybe mm-hmm. a year to, in the hospital to take care uh-huh. of him at, his at home. Home nurse. Mm-hmm. I mean, cleaning this man. And she... Think about the blessing that she gave to Barbie and Max in those moments without saying a word. Mm. Is there... See Why am I tearing up? (laughs) It's not even my, my guy. (laughs) Uh, It's Barbie and Max. I'm thinking about them and what they got to witness their mother do to their father was something that I don't believe could have happened. had mom remarried. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just to That doesn't mean that, that, that she couldn't have, um, But just that that blessing was there and God gave her that and Mm -hmm. gave it to Barbie and Max. And I, I just, to me and everyone else that got to watch it, mom, it was just further evidence of who Christ was. Like, how could you possibly do this for this man? Mm -hmm. And you wanted to do it Mm -hmm. and you did it willingly. Mm -hmm. And what a gift it was for Barbie and Max to see.
2: And and Ron, we've had other people in the church who've done the same beautiful thing to some exes, you know. I so it's it's not Marlene, you know. It's like God gave me that opportunity, and I, I did, and I and and even though you know I I always remember what what um what uh, John Monroe said to me when I went to tell him that I needed to divorce for protection, and all, and um that would mean even issues with my house and stuff. Mm-hmm um and i didn't have any i didn't wasn't i didn't couldn't even think about anybody else i just wanted i needed protection and he's and i said so i wasn't asking and knowing the word of god and i wasn't asking for the leaderships so, uh, and on and, uh, john's approval i said could i have your understanding hmm. and he said you sure do hmm. And I will tell you it set me on, he said some other things to me and I think it helped prepare me then later on when Liz Asway tagged me to do divorce care. But to understand what people were going through and it isn't always like mine, but I will tell you that he was always my husband. Hmm. I I I he was he was my husband. We happened to have a paper. And that was just what God did But what a gift, Mom.
3: I'm telling you, uh, that was huge for me to watch. That was a big part of just further reinforcement of, you know what, the God that, that this woman's serving, mm-hmm. that's someone I want to get to know <laughs> because that's pretty pretty amazing. Well,
2: well, your story, when he mentioned about going over and shaking his hand, now from your mom's perspective, that's I saw you <clears throat> when you did that and took his hand. And he was fearful, you said. But you you gave him a genuine hello. It was in
3: that moment that I, in my mind, I said I forgive you. I
2: know, mm-hmm. and he reminded me he reminded me of Corey Ten Boom's story when mm-hmm. she went to sh- shake the hands of the former guard, right, and she right. said, "I can't do it, I can't do it." Mm-hmm. And then when she did, she was overflowed with the love of Christ, because only Christ can do that you know was isn't us i remember it's...
3: seeing max senior on his deathbed I, I brought my oldest son jake who's 20 now he must have been two maybe three um into the hospital and i remember him looking at jake in a way that he knew what he missed out on hmm. that was a grandkid for him now granted i was a stepson but you know that hmm. was a grandkid he missed out on i saw that in his eyes and I felt compassion for him. I, you did. I really did. I, I feel did. like, you and know, Max, you missed out. You know, but I forgive you, and I'll, yeah. you know, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Hope that. Hope my dad pops you in the mouth once when you get there. <laughs> I've said that. <laughs> Just kidding. <Okay. laughs> you know. And then, but, yeah. And but. And,
1: so, Paul, you carried like bitterness and anger and hatred. I mean, deeply. In your heart for a lot of years. I mean, again, uh, going back to if 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 um, there hadn't have been a if he hadn't left the house, you, you may well have have uh, killed him. Yeah. I mean, it was that it was that it was that much hatred. Yep. Talk about the moment that you not not just said I forgive, but in your heart you knew that there was this release of that bitterness and hatred toward Max and and you truly experience the forgiveness that uh,
3: comes from Christ. And you just kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it really that type of forgiveness only comes from someone who knows what Christ has done in their life. You know, when I look at my life and and know truly know the salvation that was given to me and the forgiveness that was given to me and I look back at all the things that I have done to him and that he says I release you of that uh, as far as the East is from the West. Mm-hmm. Your sins, your transgressions are removed from you. Mm-hmm. I think when you when you truly understand that and what that means, then you can reciprocate that. And I don't think that you really truly can un- unless you've experienced that. And so deeply that's where it's coming from, where I know that... Um, that forgiveness is required and I need God's help to do it and he needs to show me how. And it was a process for sure. uh, But just little by little, he allowed me to see things um, that he, the way he saw Max.
0: Mm.
3: (laughs) And, uh, you know, one of them is him missing out on having a grandson, you know, and then you start to feel a little compassion for this man who's broken and lonely and and has nothing Hmm. and then you know you learn more of his past and that Mm -hmm. you know his mom or dad would chase him around the house with an axe like he hid in the attic because he was going to be killed by his Uh, mom or dad alcoholic alcoholic dad okay Okay. but the mom wasn't she wasn't he had a, a really really tough life and then here and and through that I get to see you know here's a 49 year old man who's never been married mm-hmm. who marries my mom and has two instant children well of mm-hmm. course there's gonna be conflict mm-hmm. I, of course this guy's want to want gonna want to be in control of all these things and he just didn't go about it right and uh, you know so much of what he said and did was was just taken out of context he he didn't understand the true meaning of a lot of what what he did i really feel that i yeah
2: that's what mm-hmm. barbie says and I,
3: I really it, it allowed me to know that from viewing him from christ that it wasn't done with malicious intent you know i mm-hmm. mean some of it maybe uh he we do think he was bipolar and he no, they. We, he was never diagnosed because he never went no. to doctors. But he definitely had not, some
2: yeah, the, uh, bipolar. No, no. the uh, the court did an evaluation. They thought maybe some delusional paranoid disorder. Mm. Mm.
3: So there was some mental. So
2: you hear parts of the truth, and then it gets all right. delusional. But uh, God allowed me to see him from
3: mm-hmm. from that, yeah. you know. And I, I just look back now with pity mm-hmm. yeah. and not anger.
2: Yeah,
3: freeing is Amen. the word too. right that's what very right. absolutely does. freeing
1: to hold the hatred and the, and the bitterness in you become
3: your own prisoner right yeah. right and yeah. and i remember through counseling that one of the things that norm had told me my counselor was was don't let this man control you in the grave and this was before he had died but he made that point i think it was norm But I remember feeling, I was like, I'm not going to do that. This man is not going to control me from the grave. Hmm. When he's gone, I'm not still going to be controlled by this. And Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, I was motivated to figure out how to do that. But some Mm -hmm. of that was just in it, just in that thought alone, this man is not going to control me for Mm -hmm. the rest of my life. Paul, you well know
1: the cycle. I mean, you've talked about that, you know, Max was abused as a child and he became an abuser. You were abused as a child. What, when was in your what was it in your life when you said, "Man, I I will not allow that cycle to continue"? And then I know you got some counseling, and that's and what things. drove
3: me to counseling. Okay, it was that that decision, that very thought was, "I'm not gonna do this to my wife, this woman whom I, whom I love. I need to figure out how this works." And so it was, that was the start of it. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, her coming to know Christ through all of this and watching my wife oh. surpass me and her <laughs> wanting to walk this path. And I'm still kind of tagging along, I'm not <laughs> right. quite ready yet. I still want to party a little bit and do my own thing. And here's my wife, you know, oh, she's now with one child and two children later. And here's still me tagging along and. I don't know really when I. F- I still don't think I have it figured out. I think I'm still following
2: her. <laughs> to be honest with you, I love it. Yeah, uh, I love
1: it. Marie, I want to open up to you, but you've had some things in your life you probably relate a little bit to some of this. Uh, I, 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 you can put this in any way you want. But is there any yeah. questions you want to ask or anything that you want to talk about?
0: Um, just as a side note, I told them I was like, I don't know what your story is about. And then as it started, I was like, oh, this is very (laughs) like I have a very similar story, not as to the extreme. But so one of the questions I would want to know is um, after you, Paul, forgave Max, can you talk about um, then what that looks like to walk in that forgiveness daily? Because I I think a lot of people, um, it's easy to just say those words and to move on. But when you're um, still dealing with that person and that that pain that you still have in that past this new freedom that you have in forgiveness. Can you can you talk about um, how that felt?
3: Well, uh, one of the things was um, I didn't really have to have interaction with him, so that was helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I can advise someone who has that still ongoing current situation. I don't know. Um, uh, Mom would speak better to that because through— um, all of that she had done that, but for me, it's just a, a man that exists somewhere in the outsides, mm-hmm. and um, it was, I think, easier from that standpoint, sure. um, because it wasn't continued new wounds mm-hmm. and new pains. But all I can say is that you have to walk with Christ, mm-hmm. because. I think that's where daily feeding on the Word of God because it's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it is the discerner of the heart and the thoughts. And I, I think that therein lies the answer because when we go it alone, we just resort back to selfishness and bitterness and what about me? and feeling sorry for ourselves because we are those creatures we're self-centered beings we can't help it we get up in the morning and we say i need to brush my teeth i am hungry i want coffee that's how we live our lives coffee comes
1: first (laughs) coffee right that's right coffee comes
3: first yes coffee first but but so i think it's a practice and so i i i definitely would Would attribute it to that in my life that it was as i grew closer to god and as i understood his forgiveness that i could reciprocate that to him but again i'll I'll, i'm going to turn that to mom because you had fresh wounds daily occurring yet you chose to forgive and i don't have the advice on that So talk about
1: that marlene so you so you go to me you you are physically and mentally and emotionally abused right um you have to get this guy out of your life to protect your kids, right? And now you're ministering to him, and right. there are days, as Maria said, you say I forgive, and you feel it, but then the wounds come back. Right. How, how did you How did you deal with that?
2: I think Maria, you understand it's a forgiveness uh, going to God and 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 talking to Him about forgiving those who hurt us isn't a one time thing, right? <laughs> There's times we we have to, oh that hurts that hurts and God just help me I choose forgiveness and and the uh, the one verse that I the outstanding verse was Ephesians 4 31 32 Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ also has forgiven you. And that's that's Paul's story. And that and again, that's God's word that that we lived by, that we're forgiven and we need daily forgiveness. You know, he's a um, amazing, holy, awesome, powerful God. Um, If we hold on to
3: unforgiveness, it only hurts ourselves. Right. And that's the hard part, I think, going through it because we kind of want to hold on to that anger. You know, because we're hurt.
2: Yeah, you know, Ron, you mentioned about being in prison with anger and forgiveness. Um, um, in divorce care, I hope you don't mind me mentioning it again, because it's no, an awesome ministry, mm-hmm. and we have some wonderful leaders now leading that beautiful ministry. Um, they th- there's one part that says, "Okay, so you you're in prison." Or you want the guy in prison, and you became a prison guard. Now you're both in prison, you know, so, you know, so get out of that prison, you know. No. Let go, lay it at the cross. And like you've preached recently, forgiveness is not, oh, it's okay what you did to me, you know. And forgiveness is a choice, and sometimes emotion doesn't come, you know, right away. And, but to, to obey him is uh, what he wants us to do, mm. you know.
3: Uh, Those words stick to me, Mom, what you just said, that uh, forgiveness doesn't mean that's okay what you did to me. Right. You know, forgiveness is I release you of what you've done to me. That's
2: right. And Mm -hmm. I give up my right to hurt you for hurting me. It's a beautiful release. Mm. And we saw, you know, we saw God renewing him before he died and he did not understand everything he did and we didn't require that of him um, but we saw it and uh, he could ask for forgiveness for what he remembered he didn't remember a whole lot <laughs> but that's okay because yeah, God God saw his huh. heart yeah and we didn't need that we no, didn't need him it at anymore that point in time no mm-hmm. no so um I don't know how to thank God enough. Hmm. I mean, this is a God story. I've heard many awesome God stories, and like Marie and I are talking on the way down, we all have different God stories, but the same awesome God hmm. who works all things for good for to those who love him. It's hmm. called according to his purpose. Um, I know,
3: I look back, Mom, at everything that happened, and it equipped me and shaped me for every step. In yeah. the path that I've yeah. had to walk. Yeah.
1: God never wastes our time, right? Right. It's hard to say that sometimes. Yeah. Right, he does. You wonder. Sometimes in the moment you wonder, how in the world is he ever going to use this? I
2: know.
1: And um I know. And he never he doesn't um he doesn't design sin. Right. He doesn't design that, and yet he Chooses us to use it to build us into the yeah. the people we need to be mm-hmm. that He yeah. wants us to be.
2: And so. you preached on Job and quoted Job that nothing thwart's His plans. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Amen. Awesome God.
1: Well, uh, Marlene, one of the things I love to hear from you is to hear you pray. <gasps> and so, would you pray for us? Oh, I'd, as you uh, oh. as we close, there are going to be those I'd listening, listening who. Who um, relate to uh, uh, maybe all the story, but but certainly uh, many parts
3: of the story. Can I can I say one more thing before yeah. we close? Yeah. Or, yeah. Anything As else that you guys
1: want to yeah. put in here? We, we can I, get in.
3: I would just want to say before we close that I I want people to watch my mom in this phase of her life, who's she's been recently diagnosed with cancer, uh, and um, I just know. That God is helping her write the final chapters of her life. And you watch this woman <laughs> shine. That's what he's going to use this for. And uh, I just love you. Yeah, Mom. I love,
2: you know, uh, well, y- <clears throat> I've always, <laughs> I, um.
3: She's not questioned God. No. Either, Why have I, you done this to me? No. That's I, her life. That's her story. Just God's <laughs> just writing the final chapter.
2: <laughs> well. Well, one time I did ask God that whenever I die, <laughs> could it not be sudden? Because I want to say things to my kids. I want to yeah. bring Ger- Barbie home from Germany, and I want to <laughs> say final words, so he's given me time. <laughs> and they're already writing my eulogy. I'm collecting it. and it'll, I, mean, I I get to read my own eulogy. So Barbie's wrote me two Two eulogy parts already. so. <laughs> um, but God is I just, good. My, my times are in his hands. We just
3: recently found this out, and it's been really traumatic yeah. for all of us, And but we're encouraged. And yeah. We yeah. know that God's in control of all things, yeah, even yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, I'm just grateful to um, have you as my mom, and uh, you've been— You've been a rock for our whole family. You you have all of us look to you, all of your grandkids, all of your kids. <clears throat> we rise up and call you blessed. <sighs> and you want you me to are, pray after ma- that? <laughs> you are that Proverbs 31 woman. You are, and you've shown us the path. And we all want to follow. We love you.
2: <sighs> well,
3: Now you can pray for me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um... Father God, holy, holy, holy are you. And um, in ourselves, we're not. But you love us and you gave us the robe of righteousness at the great cost of your Son, Jesus Christ. And I'm just so grateful. And Lord, I know we all were sitting here and we're praising you and any good that the people would see in us is from you, and we praise you for it. For the joy of serving you is so awesome, whatever days you have for us. And God, I want to lift up those who might hear this prayer, and I want to remind them that you love them, that you died for them. And you say, come unto me, Lord, for the those that just trust you as savior and lord god the greatest gift in all the world as you do the drawing draw many to you and god you truly are the god who heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds god you're amazing i pray you'll do a lot of healing in broken hearts and you would show them that you will even take those broken hearts and past sins, and just bring beauty out of ashes, and Lord, that you talk about beauty. We want to reflect on the glory of your majesty, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to share our story of you working in our lives, and I want to thank you again for just being here at this body of Christ, and it's a joy, God. Thank you, where you place us and help us, as my son said, have a platform to say how wonderful you are. And you're wonderful, God. We love you and just thank you and praise you in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.
0: You just heard a great story of God's work in the Danner-Majeric family. This has been one of my absolute favorite stories to hear about. God is so good and he carries us through even when times seem dark. We're thankful for Marlene's faithfulness to Christ and the example and witness she was for her kids. If I could walk away with one thing that I would love for you to remember, it's just that God never wastes our time. Thanks for listening to Fresh Faith. We'll see you next week.